Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer, Tim Hyde. It's live on a Wednesday night. Hope everyone is doing well with us. Appreciate you all if you're watching watching us in the morning, afternoon, evening. If you're listening via podcast, whenever it is, we just are thankful that you made us part of your day here at Blue and Gold. Um, we have so much to talk about, Tim. Um, today was a big news day. I mean, really, ever since what Sunday, we had a few days late last week where it's quiet, uh, and then it's been kind of hectic here since Sunday. Do you remember when, um, you know, uh, Howard Cross announced that he was coming back? That feels like ages ago, Mr. Hyde. Yeah, what was that? Forty-eight hours ago. <laughs> it was on <laughs> Sunday, but it feels like okay. Seriously, Mike, I have no idea. Just. I mean, when's the Sun Bowl? What day is that? I don't even know what day that is. So for crying out loud, 29th. Right we got 16 days. Okay. All right. Good to go. Good to go. Yeah, yeah exactly. We got to get through uh, Christmas and all that stuff first. But uh, no, it's wild. It is, it is just, it's the calendar. It's what the NCA is. Heck, Mike, you're going to love this. I was just reading earlier as I was relaxing for a few minutes. There's a huge lawsuit going through right now about just letting kids do whatever they want, transfer whenever they want. There's a couple of the big presidents are trying to fight it. There's a stay right now in the in one of the huge federal courts just to be like, open it up. So who knows what the heck's going to happen. But, hey, let's have some fun. Let's talk Notre Dame football and, and about 48,000 uh, things we got to chat about, right? So yes. Okay. okay. So let me go first to one of those 48,000 things. Um, how about uh, Cam Hart? announcing that uh, this was just a few minutes ago. This was not a surprise at all, but Cam Hart uh, announces that he's entering the NFL draft. Um, talented player, Tim. Um, yes. Yeah, this is no surprise here. I mean, he was a part of that 2019 class. Um, this was his fifth season at Notre Dame. Yeah, no, no surprise here. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Look at the probably the two best DBs this year came to Notre Dame as wide receivers and Cam Hart and Xavier Watts. Yeah. How crazy is that? So, um, no, I mean, he's unbelievable. I, I was talking to someone just a couple of weeks ago. Like, he was a luxury this year. He was he was going pro last year until he got dinged up in the Boston College game, I believe, and knocked him out for the rest of the year bowl game. He couldn't, you know, rehab in time for the NFL draft. Came back, had a heck of a season. So, team captain, he's one of those guys. His skill level, his length, height, speed, you put the, you know, the 12 measurables of a corner – He's all of them. It's going to just be his little shoulder. How does that thing heal? Uh, very, I mean, very, very smart move of just not playing uh, in the bowl game. It's not worth it. So just uh, go get yourself healthy. And hopefully he's a, 
you know, right around that third round draft choice, maybe even sneaks up a little higher if a team says, hey, we could get four or five years out of this guy. So he's a heck of a corner. So congrats to him. Great, you know, great, really, really great Notre Dame coverage career. He's been unbelievable. Yeah. Folks, uh, please hit the thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to the channel. Of course, if you are new here, if you're listening via podcast, I appreciate you as well. Please uh, please leave us a kind review wherever you are listening to this if you have not done that. Um, and, of course, blueandgold.com is your home for all things Notre Dame football and recruiting coverage. Special offer for you guys is if you are a new subscriber, a dollar will get you two months of access. So think about that. Uh, that's the rest of this month all of January uh, and half of February. So a dollar for two months using the promo code UND1, the letter UND1. So please check that out. Tim Hyde probably posts on the message board and commenting in threads and reacting to news just as much as I do, if not more. Um, So if you like Tim on the the YouTube shows, uh, you can uh, get Tim Hyde uh, during your work day as uh, Tim is – um, probably getting distracted, you know, by Notre Dame news, just like you are, and you know, want to get away for a little bit. So, um, yeah, please join us at blueandgold.com. Um, yeah, we, we have really a lot to cover. So, this is something that popped up. This, this, this is kind of fascinating. We're going to start with some quarterback talk here, and then we're going to bring on Tyler Horka later in the show and end with more quarterback talk. How about this? Pete Thamel reported, and I was, I'm not going to lie, I was pretty ticked when I saw Pete tweet this because I really was close to breaking this news myself, but it's fine. Pete Thamel reporting Drew Pine is returning to Notre Dame as a student. So here's a picture that was tweeted out by Notre Dame TV of four people. You have Sam Hartman and Tyler Buckner, right? Those are obvious. And, And the person... This Notre Dame TV account tweeted former Tyler, former QB Tyler Buckner spotted at Eddie Street with Sam Hartman yesterday. But what people didn't realize at the time, but I knew, was that Steve Angeli. I mean, that that's not a shocker in the in the green uh, hoodie there. How about that's Drew Pine next to Steve Angeli, and they're just what is that Chipotle or, or they're just at any establishment. And you have Sam Hartman, Tyler Buckner, Steve Angeli, and Drew Pine sitting at the table. I want to know what they were talking about. To just be a fly on the wall for that conversation would have like. And uh, yeah, um, Hartman's obviously leaving, but Tyler Buckner, we believe, is coming back as a lacrosse player. Drew Pine's going to spend the semester uh, to get his degree from Notre Dame in the summer, so he's not transferring anywhere but Notre Dame for the spring semester and then he'll pick his new school he has three years of eligibility left him so he'll be a seven-year guy potentially i don't know how exactly that works uh but that is wild to me seven years of college football apparently he can do we'll see um so uh yeah again i wish i could have you know been a fly on the wall for that so yeah drew pine coming back to notre dame tyler buckner it's man it's like it's 2021 all over again Exactly. We don't exactly. expect these guys to be on the football team for for what it's worth. Yeah, yeah. I just saw that real quick about um, you know, Pine. I thought that was interesting. That uh, yeah, he's coming back down to get his degree. Well, I think he's, but you know, a dozen uh, units short, so a handful of classes short. Come back, get his degree, move on. Yeah, the seven years. See, he's got the COVID still doesn't count, 
and he still has you know, a couple of red shirts that he hasn't used. So he'll have to get a waiver, but my waivers are dime a dozen these days. So there's plenty of guys playing seven. Heck, you, you covered a guy. I thought you said at Oregon State who just finished his seventh or eighth year going back. Or, you know, I don't know, but there's somebody like that. There's a handful. So if he gets a seventh, it's going to be his second red shirt, which he had this year. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, hey, wish him luck. I know Buckner's coming back to play across. I'm really looking forward to seeing, watching some lacrosse because I've watched some of his highlights that were posted. That dude was legit at lacrosse. So that's going to be interesting to see what uh, happens from there. But, hey. Come back at the end of the degree. Life moves on. You know, I wish him nothing but the best. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Tim Hyde. Uh, very just Tim Hyde like. Just yeah, so, come uh, on. No like, hot takes. Nothing, nothing too crazy. You're just going to give me some good coach speak, Tim. Yeah, I, mean, what, I mean, what is there to say? There's not, I mean, I, I just, yeah. I just give you crap. To, I'm just no, like, no, I know. I'm just like, there's, you know, it's just a different world, man. It's like, er- there, there's nothing shocking anymore. Seriously, it is just, just numb to it all. Just go out there, you know. It's, it's, and, you know, here they are leaving because obviously, I mean, tell you, man, I would love to, you know, if you want to be a fly on the wall, Mike. The fly on the wall is the Wednesday after USC in 20, 2022. What went on in that room? Because forty eight hours, Pine leaves. Then obviously Buckner goes through spring. Hartman comes. Buckner transfers the Hartman, you know, you know, season and Je- and Jelly's just sticking around like, what the heck's going on here, man? You know, <laughs> he's like, what? You know, he's just like enjoying life. What? what I, that's the meeting I want to be in is that Freeman just says, I'm getting a transfer. You guys basically free to do what you want. And, and um, the rest is history, man. That, that meeting you know, has really set the tone for a lot of things in the last uh, year, but, uh, yeah, I mean that's wild that that's playing because there was rumors that was Riley Leonard going no. on. I've never seen it. I was like, God, that doesn't look like. Not that I know the back of Leonard's head, but you just see a picture of Riley. And didn't look like it, so you know, yeah, it was was Pine. true. True Pine. They're all hanging out together, so so hopefully uh, Hartman fit the bill. So Andrew Gilmore, thanks for the five, brother. Um, yeah, I mean Tim, I was I was messaging with someone today um, that that's in in this business with me, and I was like the thing that people don't understand in this line of work is like when you wake up, you literally have no idea what is going to happen that day. It's just a very crazy, crazy world. I mean, again, just the, the Hartman Buckner and jelly pine dinner in 20 in December of 2023, all at Notre Dame, who would have thought that? So, Hey, the most shocking thing, Mike, is Sam Hartman still on campus? So that's that's the most shocking thing. I thought he would have packed up and been gone by now. So that, believe it or not, that was my first thought when I saw the picture. I'm like, Sam Hartman's still in South Bend. What's he doing there, right? So it's not like he's got three classes to finish up. So right, yeah. I mean, come on, that that's you know that's the bigger storyline. What's he doing in South Bend still? But uh, who knows? Okay, um, so we did the video, Tim, when uh, Riley Leonard announced his. Uh, commitment. I think we recorded that on Sunday or Saturday or something. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, we posted that video. So folks, if you missed um, our breakdown of Riley Leonard, Notre Dame's new quarterback, um, you can check that video. We actually had some film on it as well. Um, so you can check that out. But uh, yeah, as this week has gone on and you probably watched like eight hours of film knowing Tim Hyde, um, you have three kids 
a wife, uh, a full-time job. I, I don't know how you have time to watch all the film that you do, Tim, and respond oh. on the message board and do this show. And I call Tim. I'm like, hey, can you do a video with me in two minutes? He says, yes. And then we record a cut of in video or something. Um, so, Tim, you're great. But, uh, yeah, a- any other thoughts on Riley Leonard um, as you've reflected after you know a couple days here? I re- yeah. I rewatched the Notre Dame game, believe it or not, Mike, last night. So uh, just, yeah, I just watched uh, Notre Dame's uh, defense versus Riley. So dude's an athlete, man. And um, I, I just hope, I just hope they let him do some of the things that he is good at. And uh, that's going back to my comment I made about a month ago about Sam Hartman. Like these guys watch film because there's things that Sam Hartman was really good at Wake. They never did at Notre Dame which is still shocking to me. And then uh, with Riley, I hope they let him run around. I hope they build some stuff. I hope they, you know, run past option, RPO, the living heck out of some things. He's got an awesome arm, quick release. And, um, man, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of positives. There's a lot of positives. And um, just really excited to see him, you know, get the South Bend and, and see what type of offense it is. You know me, I'm, a, I'm still a wide receiver guy. I'm all about wide receivers. And if they could get some wide receivers to make teams back off the run game, give Riley a little bit of room in that pocket to run around and cause havoc, yeah, they could be they could be a, a very dynamic offense. Um, he's got a really good arm, but man. He is he the dude's a competitor. The guy can they get, you know when I say run, it's not just running isos, quarterback isos. It's his movement in the pocket. And when he, I mean, he took off one time. He's just stiff arm Benjamin Morrison. Like get the hell out of my way. Made him look like a 12-year-old kid in the Duke game. Just boom, punked him. And, you know, he, man, he's a stud. He, he he had some really, really good football plays in that game. Handful of his incompletions were just – Notre Dame's one of the premier defenses. Making plays in that game is, is really what it was. That's why his stats – passing stats were a little skewed. But Notre Dame did that to everybody this year when it came to defense. And um, – he, you know what, Mike? He, he's electric. I'm just still wanting to see how this wide receiver room pans out. Who's going to play where, and how? You know, are they going to be a true three wide offense, a true eleven personnel type of offense, just to create some space for quarterbacks? I'm yeah, I'm just a fan of watching quarterbacks run around and cause havoc. It is a different brand of offense when when you could do that. Yeah, I think several years ago the sentiment with receivers is more it's 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 the icing on the cake. Like your cake is more your offense line and quarterbacks and and receivers. Like, yeah, the receivers are everywhere. But now it's, I feel like just the way the game is trended, it's not yeah. like that anymore. Um, if anything, like the running back is the icing on the cake. Yeah, you want you want an elite running back, but if you have a a, a hole, um, you know, the the size of of Massachusetts or something, then you know anyone can run through that. Um, but uh, yeah, so well, you know and. You know, I'm a big, you know, look who the Heisman finalists were. They all, those three quarterbacks had stacked wide receiver rooms. Stacked. Those dudes would just throw it up and go make plays. I mean, Oregon had an All-American wide receiver. Washington All-American wide receiver. LSU's two. They're they're just stacked. And then the other finalist is who? A wide receiver. And uh, Marvin Harrison. So, yeah. why It's wide receiver. I know we've been hung up. Well, you need an elite quarterback. Yeah, but if he's throwing to Singer and Hyde on the edges, who gives mm. a damn? They're not doing nothing. Yeah. You need some dudes to make some plays, and uh, that's what I'm really curious to see how this wide receiver room shakes out when it's all said and done. Yeah. 
That sounds good. Uh, well, Tim, I wanna I wanna tell you something, and it's that this holiday bustling, busy season. Tim, you might be looking for nutritious, flavorful meals to fuel you for all those jam-packed days. And I know that you got to try out today's sponsor, and that's Factor. And uh, I did as well, and uh, absolutely loved these uh, nutritious and tasty meals. Um, and you can check that out, and, and we'll give you guys this um, the uh, the deal at the end of this ad read. But Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, and it can help you eat well for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time and stay on track with your healthy, healthy lifestyle uh, while tackling all your holiday to-dos. Or even if you have an unhealthy lifestyle with me, this will help you get that healthy lifestyle. I need to put down the Taco Bell uh, and uh, eat a little bit more factor. And it's not just for dinner. You can count on extra convenience any time of the day with an assorted 55-plus add-ons to suit various preferences and tastes. Choose from quick brunch, uh, quick breakfast items, lunch-to-go, grab-and-go snacks, and ready-to-drink cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. The smoothies... When I got my Factor package, the smoothies were a big hit for me and my wife. Absolutely love those. So this December, folks, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. The hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, uh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just a couple minutes. No prep. No mess. Head to factormeals.com slash BGI50 and use the code BGI50 to get 50% off. That's code BGI50 at factormeals.com slash bgi to get 50% off. Um, I've done a lot of these meal service things, Tim, and this has been my favorite because I don't actually have to cook. Uh, you just throw, I mean, you can throw it in the microwave for a couple minutes. I would prefer to preheat to 350 and I think cook it for like seven minutes uh, and it comes out and it's really good stuff. So, you, and you enjoyed yours, Mr. Hyde, your factor? Yes, I love food, Mike. And I've enjoyed it. So yes, <laughs> no, yeah. it's a piece of cake, man. Throw it in. It's done in a couple minutes. Enjoy life. And the smoothies. I know I told you that smoothies were my favorite. So those were good. All right. Um, I need. Okay. All right. I'm gonna pop something up on the screen. I've never. Well, all right. We kind of did that one time where we like spent a few t the minutes just talking about people's in or YouTube comments. Oh boy. Do you got? remember? We did that um, that short video back in the summer. It was oh, where we both – we did it on a live show, Tim. We were, we both gave our predictions for the regular season. I said 11-1. and one, You said 10-2, and two, I'm guessing. Yeah. Colin – well, this was over the summer. Colin, do you guys remember – Tim, you know this this guy, right, Colin? He, he's in our oh, show yeah, all the time, time, right? Everyone yeah. could recognize Colin, right? Yeah. So Colin says, this doesn't age well. About – Two minutes before I saw this comment from Colin, I was scrolling my Twitter trying to find something that I had previously tweeted, and I found it. And little did I know, oh, here it is. Here's Colin. Look at the date. Colin, if you're watching this, I love you. This is just so freaking funny to me. This oh, is from February 18th. So this is right after the uh, the Jared Parker debacle. Yeah, yeah. And Colin says this was the last straw. You know, he, he's very upset. He says, I won't spend another dollar or watch another game. And Colin, I think we can confirm that you were not a man of your word. So um, there you go, Colin. What oh, happened? Yeah, Thought you were Colin's done? Great. 
No, hey, he's in all the shows all the time, getting in arguments with Goolsby. It's fantastic. So there you go, Colin. What's he's uh that's a true Notre Dame guy right there. No, he's no, he yeah, he comments all the time. He's awesome. Yeah, he didn't go anywhere though. He said he was gonna go somewhere. So I just saw that. So my response to Colin in that comment was, I have something for you in tonight's show, Colin. Just wait. So so there you go, Colin. Uh, next item of news, Tim, is uh, Joe Alt and Xavier Watts are extremely close to being uh, unanimous All-Americans. Um, so um, Alt and Watts so far have been selected to the first team by the Walter Camp Football Foundation, the AP, the Football Writers Association of America, and now uh, earlier today, it's Sporting News. So if they are named to the American Football Coaches Association first team, then they will be the 36th and 37th unanimous All-Americans in Notre Dame football history. Only Alabama with 41 and Ohio State with 37 currently have more entering this season. Um, And uh, Howard Cross and Audra Gesta may have been second-team guys for a lot of different outlets as well, including Sporting News um, and uh, Associated Press as well, I believe. So, uh, yeah, Tim, that's got to be pretty cool, right? And and deserving if those guys get those honors. Oh, it's awesome. No, it's – I mean, both those guys are unbelievable. I mean, Joe Alt, Mike, I, I mean, seriously, I still, I'm like talking about being numb on news. I can't believe he didn't win one of the damn awards, like a Lombardi and Outland. I'm like, what? So, I mean, good football players who won it, the Texas nose guard and the DN at UCLA, uh, you know, won the Lombardi. But Joe Alt is without a doubt one of the, the best offensive tackles to come around in uh, college football over the last few years. He's, he's a stud. He's a stud. He's, I mean, his film is, I mean, he's, it's clinic, man. It's unbelievable. People are going to be watching him for a long time. He's, he's so damn good. And it's easy to say that, but just the way he, he plays, he's, he's so physical. That's one thing. I mean, I, I went back to the spring game two springs ago when I, I remember it was after his freshman year. I said he, he's the MVP of the game. I remember watching him like how physical he went from his freshman to sophomore year, and he was like outstanding in that game, just kicking Foskey's butt. And then this season, you just saw it even evolve even more. And uh, the defenses they played this year were outstanding. So many that you know, it's funny. I was I've been charting some stuff for a uh, you know Joe Moore Award and looking at a lot of the O linemen that were or you know the the groups that were up there. Notre Dame faced more top 25 defenses than anyone in the country. So, and he went head to head with so many good football players and was just a stud. So he's going to be missed, man. I don't care what anyone says about next year. Notre Dame is going to take a dip on the edges. They just are. You, you're not going to run. I mean, Joe All, I'm going back to like from, from Holtz to now, his great lines to today. I mean, he's one of the five best ones easily in the last – you know, 30 plus years without a doubt that's played Notre Dame. So you're just not going to put someone at left tackle and just replace him. It's not going to happen. And I think the same with Blake Fisher. So the offensive tackle position is going to be a little sketch. I hate to use the word sketchy because, you know, there's good football players in Notre Dame, but I mean, they're replacing two NFL football players and that's going to be tough. But Joe Altman, I hope, I hope we hear his name early. That would be a one hell of an honor. So he, he's going to be missed. And real quick on Watts, I mean, we we talked a lot about him when he won the you know net one of the National Defensive Player of the Year awards. I mean, came as a wide receiver, gets moved outside linebacker, plays Rover, finally starts coming aboard the last half of last season. 
and it's funny, last year he just missed a handful of interceptions. I remember talking in our postgame shows. And then this year he was just all over the damn field. He was uh, unbelievable. So to have two unanimous All-Americans on a 9-3 and three football team speaks to their individual performance. You know, when I say 9-3, and because most teams that are ranked higher, you know, better records and all that usually get the love. So it just shows you how dominant those guys were this year. Yeah, quick super chat, Tim, from Michael, sure. uh, $5 thing. He says, is it true that Sam Hartman's success has paid the way, so to speak, in landing every transfer that Notre Dame is recruiting? I'll hang up and listen to your answer. Uh, I I mean, I think it, I think it helped. I think it it showed with the, you know, the, the NIL, the, you know, all the stuff that came his way, the sponsorships and, you know, all the, I mean, just go back to the, the camp, right? When he's passing out beats and, what else did he pass? He was passing out a handful of things during training camp. There was always a, it seemed like a couple of videos on him. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, it shows. It also goes back to Jack Cohn. You know, Jack, Jack Cohn can't get lost in this because he came to Notre Dame. He transformed himself. He was an under center, hand the ball off 70% of the time quarterback comes to Notre Dame, learns to do a shotgun, quick RPO type game and takes Notre Dame to 11 wins. So yeah. Cohn, Hartman, Leonard, um, yeah, I mean, I think if Notre Dame needs one, it's once again the brand of Notre Dame, how strong it is, but also the track record. You got two quarterbacks that have come to Notre Dame and had some good success. Yeah. It does help. Yeah. Um, there was that co- YouTube comment that I screenshot and sent to you and Goolsby. Someone was like, Thank oh, you yeah. to Sam Hartman for Riley Leonard's commitment because because Sam Hartman went and waited for Riley after that game, uh, when Riley got hurt. That's why Riley Leonard committed to Notre Dame. I'm like, oh, good God. Like, that's kind of how I feel on this. Like, no, not everyone is committing to Notre Dame because of Sam Hartman. But I think for Riley Leonard, there's 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 something to that proof of concept. You yeah. go to Notre Dame for that year. Um, and uh, I think for, for Leonard, there is the ability to raise your draft profile in a big way. Because, I mean, like, if Sam Hartman came and balled at Notre Dame this year, Right. And let's just say was like uh, even a borderline Heisman uh, invitee. Would he have raised his draft stock that much? Maybe like a fourth round. round. Maybe. If Riley Leonard does that at 6'4, 212 and can move like that, like, yeah, he could be a first round pick, you know? So there's, I think there's the element of that high ceiling with the NIL. So, um, no, that's that's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. Real quick on Riley. I mean, he was already in the NFL talks before this season, yep. season even got underway. And he comes out and tears apart Clemson, runs all over the place, throws all over the place. He's got him undefeated, game day, Duke's ranked in the top 20, you know, and then he gets injured with the last play against Howard Cross. And then that just hurt him pretty much the rest of the year. That's why he had the numbers he did. So, heck, if he would have had it, if he would have stayed healthy – Howard Cross doesn't injure his ankle and he plays and Duke's nine and three top 20 again, going to a good bowl. And he's having the same numbers he did in 22. Mike, he's, he's in the NFL. Yeah. He's a two year starter, two years with all those numbers, all those stats. And he is going to the NFL. So Notre Dame is getting a, a quarterback that could easily be, you know, getting his name called next year. Yeah. So uh, going back to uh, Joe Alts and his, declaration for the NFL draft that was fairly obvious I do think for what it's worth it was more difficult 
for him to make that decision than probably most people think. I, I he loves Notre Dame, but um, I I do think he had the like a, a thought about coming back. But I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're yeah. Dane Brugler tweeted out he's offensive tackle number one. I mean, there's just no way, right, um, that yeah. you're going to go um, come back. But anyways, Fisher was kind of like, ah, oh, you could see it either way. But yeah, he he was always going as, as well from from what I understand and he's not playing in the bowl game all will not be playing in the bowl game Cam Hart by the way didn't specify but in, in his announcement that he's going to the NFL but I kind of just assume that anyone who's declaring for the draft is not playing yeah. the bowl game yeah, we'll, I agree. we'll see um you know go ahead Tim no I was just gonna say and real quick on Blake Fisher you know it's just you, know, you just spend a minute on him is you know the talk of oh he should have come back should have come back it's tough because, I mean, he's been here since spring of, you know, 21. So, he's you know, he's been here for a handful of years. He's got – dude's got 27 starts under his belt now. So, it's not like, you know, he hasn't done anything. He's got 27 starts. Notre Dame offense – or, excuse me, NFL O-line coaches love Notre Dame players. I mean, I mean, they take free agents and they go and start because of the fundamentals, how they've been – they're tough, fundamentally sound. They've been coached like good football coaches. So, man, it's, it's tough. You could say, well, he should have come back. But then, you know what, when you started that many games, played that much football, sometimes you just got to be like, I'm going. I mean, there was guys last year picked in the first round, second round last year that had, you know, half the starts that Fisher has had. So I'm sure he's just going to go next year and start that clock to try and get that second contract and whatnot. So, you know, and if, and if you're a third, fourth, fifth round pick, the money's all relative. And, you know, he probably was never getting, you know, thought of himself as a first round left tackle to begin with. So might as well just jump in. And, you know, that's, you know, that's what I see with Blake is he's going to go, he's going to get drafted. He's going to play in the NFL and he wants to get that clock running. And I have no issues with that. So with both Fisher and Alt going, just thoughts on, the offensive tackles going forward because it seems like the interior solid. Craig, I mean, looks great at center. Uh, you got yeah. Shrouth, Spindler. Um, you know, the, assuming that you know Spindler comes back and everything is good there. Um, you know, Coogan, even um, mm -hmm. obviously it's a, it's a strong. I mean, that's four guys for three spots. It's a really good group. But then the tackles. Do you go with, you know? the three names for the two spots you would talk about are Tosh Baker, Emil Wagner, um, and Charles Jagasaw. Some people are in here saying, go oh, Jagasaw's a guard. I don't know about that. Uh, I, I still think he can play tackle and that's kind of what I'm hearing as well. Or do you go to the portal, Tim, to bring in experience as you always talk about and, and Freeman does. What are your thoughts? Man. Yeah. I mean, real quick. I mean, Charles is massive. I mean, he could be an offensive tackle in a heartbeat. That's one of the reasons why they recruited it. I mean, I mean, they got guards. Yeah, for I'm days. sorry, Tim. Jay Carr brings up Gerby Lambert. That's correct. I've been saying, like, hey, man, if he were Gerby. coming in the spring, I could see Gerby Lambert. Like, maybe still even Gerby Lambert could be a guy who plays as a true freshman. We'll see. Yeah, but Lambert, he's not arriving until the summer. So right. that is going to be, yeah, extremely, extremely hard. To, Joe Alt did it, but, you know, but it took three injuries. Remember, Joe Alt was the – was playing tight end against Purdue uh, before they had to switch him to offensive tackle because of injuries. That's how he got, you know, that's how got him going. So, but that's going to be tough for, for Gerby to rise up. 
you know, as a true freshman without, you know, winter conditioning and spring football at Notre Dame. But, uh, I mean, a Wagner, I've said it a hundred times, Wagner is, he's on the path of 90% of Notre Dame football players in the history of Notre Dame. Red shirt, play a little bit, boom. Now you're the guy. There's so many offensive linemen, heck, tons of positions that have done that over the years. By your junior year, you're there. Baker obviously has just been stuck behind two NFL football players. Yeah. Joe Alton, Blake Fisher. So he was a top 100 player. You know, he's got a couple starts under his belt from 2021. You know, has he gotten stronger, quicker? Mike, we are going to find out in 16 days, whatever the heck this is. So, and then with Charles, he's just, he's massive, athletic, unbelievable skills. You know, freshman, the wrestler, just watch his film, the violence he plays with the, athleticism he plays with so yeah you got three guys gonna go out there and, and battle an Oregon State defense that was in the top 10 in the country this year in sack so that is going to be a huge part of the Sun Bowl is blocking because you are obviously losing two NFL guys so what do those next guy get you know you know how do they come in and play it that's going to be a huge part of this game you know we could talk about Angeli and a thousand other things but Steve isn't good unless the tackles are good. Yeah. So I think that is going to be how that Sun Bowl rocks is outside on those tackle spots. So on the 20th is going to be our signing day show. We're going to be all focused on recruiting. And the 27th, Tim, we're going to have um, the uh, an Oregon State beat writer. Okay. My last beat before Notre Dame was actually Oregon State. Um, so when I left the Oregon State Rivals website, we hired uh, – or, or I should say Rivals hired a guy named Brendan Slaughter. Uh, and uh, – Brendan worked for me. I cut his check. So he is actually going to be on the show on the 27th. So he's going to, I, so big thing I want to ask him is about the, the Oregon state defensive ends, like who's playing um, to kind of get that insight to him. So when you said that, I was thinking like, is maybe Oregon state is with the same thing that like Notre Dame's offensive tackles are. Maybe they're, those guys are opting out. Who, who knows? Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask you this question again. What would you do for next year? Would you bring in, a portal guy who would you what would you like to see if, if, if this were up to Tim Hyde? Uh, yeah, let's talk around uh, with 6 p.m. on the 29th, correct? Okay, <laughs> I mean, sir, I mean, that's I mean, Tosh Baker has two years of eligibility, you know, Mill Wagner obviously is primed to be a guy for the next couple of years as well. So, very, very talented guys right there, and obviously, they're I mean, they've recruited good the last two years with with Charles and, you know, Gerby Lambert is talented beyond belief. So he's going to obviously, you know, get in the fire early next year. I don't think he'll be ready for A&M, but he could be a second half of the season type of a offensive lineman, you know, kind of like Billy Shroff was this year. But um, man, Mike, that is, that's a tough question because Notre Dame is O-line you. This is what you recruit to, right? This is what you do. You, you buy your time in the O-line, the weight room, and when your time comes, you're, you're the next man in. So unless there's just a guy out there, unless there's just – I mean, Michigan Michigan wins back-to-back Joe Moore Award, and they go out and get four offensive line transfers. So it didn't hurt them whatsoever. If there's somebody out there that's, you know, started 25, 30 starts at the Power 5 level and he's a dude and you know he could come in and be a guy for you while Gerby and Charles keep – practicing that's something they got to think about but man mike that's um we're gonna find out i mean mean, it's a tough one because baker's been sitting on the bench for so long 
can Wagner's high school film, I'll say a thousand times, is as good as any film I've ever seen. He is a legit offensive line athlete. But can he hold up for 12-plus games weighing 295, 300, whatever his weight is that he'll be next year? So those are huge, huge issues that Freeman, Rudolph, and all those guys have to figure out. I mean, that's a long way around trying to answer the question, but – at offensive line, man, I would go with what you have because they got some dudes. Okay. All right, folks, here from our next sponsor today, and that is game time. So we got to talk about this ticket purchasing process, which can be stressful. You find the event you want to go to. Okay, that's great. You got to then you got to find the seats that you want, go through the whole purchasing process. It can be stressful, but uh not with game time, and especially not if you are um or excuse me, if you are buying tickets late kind of last minute deal well then you're definitely going to check out gametime.co not .com gametime.co uh, a fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports music and comedy and theater near you with killer last minute ticket deals so you can get relaxed and hyped for that fun that you're going to have at that event and when you use the promo code BGI you're going to get $20 off your first purchase with game time and best thing, they guarantee that you'll get the lowest price or they will refund you 110%. You don't need to plan months in advance since they have deals right up to game time. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the app, create an account, and use the promo code BGI for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, folks, create an account, redeem code BGI for 20 bucks off. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, TP your house. Very handsome looking guy here says, uh, "Get those Nicki Minaj tickets, singer." I might have to. I might have to, Mister Mister TP your house. For folks listening via podcast, he has a picture of me as his avatar, so that's why I said he's handsome. New commitment for Notre Dame this week. Mister Hyde was R.J. Oben from Duke. Notre Dame double dipping um, at the school in Durham, North Carolina. Of course, landing Riley Leonard, the quarterback. And also R.J. Oben from Montclair, New Jersey, 6'4", 260 pounds uh, from St. Peter's um, in the Garden State. And Tim, I said this last week about Oben. It just makes so much sense for him to go to Notre Dame. I mean, when you read that his father currently serves as the NFL vice president of football development, to me, that just screams four for 40 is a big deal kind of thing. And that like, I could see this guy really wanting to go from Duke to Notre Dame. Um, um, so yeah, RJ Oben, Javante Jean Baptiste replacement, Tim, are you pretty fired up about this commitment? Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you want to talk about it, just plug and play right there, right? You lose a heck of a DN transfers in from Ohio state for a season. Baptiste was, man, Baptiste was everything you asked for. I mean, seriously, he was unbelievable this year. The reps he gave, the you know the actual presence on that wide side edge, he was outstanding all season long, and you're basically almost getting a clone of JJB. Just boom, putting him in for a six year, a guy that's played a ton of football at Duke, and he's out coming from a heck of a defensive uh, head coach the last two years, obviously, um, you know with uh, you know, Mike Elko there at, at Duke going to A and M. So no, this is awesome. This is, I mean, there's tons of whispers out there. So many schools, obviously, calling him. Where he's going to visit, all of those types of things. And for Notre Dame to lock it up and come here for one year and provide them an instant instant starter who's going to provide great depth 
because they got a lot of young, young defensive ends. So this is a this is a big win for Notre Dame. Yeah. And looking at his stats, Tim, not super productive, just the numbers. 17 yeah. tackles. That's not that's not a crazy amount. Um, for someone who looks like he played the entire season, six tackles for loss is solid, five sacks is solid. Not yeah, not a ton of tackles. Uh, six quarterback hurries uh, and, and knock down a pass. But th- does that concern you at all looking at the numbers? Stats are stats. You just never know. I mean, there's so many running quarterbacks, which is, you know, unless you sit there and study Duke, which I have not broken down all, all 12 of their snaps this year, it's, you know, it is what it is. You know, what, you know, okay. it's, there's so many responsibilities that go into a football player. He's one of 11. You know, what, you know, it's hard to say because obviously we're stat driven. Like, oh, what's his stats? What's his stats? I mean, Howard Cross what, with one sack and a couple TFLs this year. Most of his stuff came against Duke, and he's second team All American on everyone. So, um, you know, it is what it is. But you watch him play; his physical presence on the edge, it's 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 outstanding. It's outstanding, and that's and that's the other thing. Sometimes sacks, it's, it's been, to me, it's more about hurries, the pressures, because sacks happen when. A lot of times, quarterback just holds the damn ball because so many of these offenses are just quick release, quick release, quick release. That's when you get a lot of your uh, your sacks and whatnot. But uh, he's outstanding in the film I've watched on him. He is a physical presence that will bring it. Yeah. My other question for you was Notre Dame getting my. I need a haircut, Mister Hyde. I'm sorry about that. Uh-huh. Um, Notre Dame goes into the portal and gets. Let's talk about last year, right? Javante joining Baptiste. Yep. And Thomas Harper, right? Your big end and your nickel. Nickel. Does it concern you at all that Notre Dame is doing the same exact thing this year? You're replacing those two positions again, like for like. JJB to Oban and then Harper to Jordan Clark. I know we've talked so much about the one-year rental thing with quarterback. But I don't know. With with this, is it kind of like – do you think like – they're not recruiting well for these spots or I don't know. Maybe, maybe the nickel thing is just so specialized where you're recruiting corners to be like outside corners, but like, are you recruiting just a nickel or if you are that guy too young, like maybe a nickel thing might be better for, for one year rentals, kind of like a kicker, if that makes sense. No, I mean, a nickel is basically your rover. I mean, it's basically an outside linebacker. He's on the slot. He's down in the box. He's the guy you're sending fires on off the edges. Harper, you know, you know, brought it a ton. You know, Bracey blitzed a lot. It's that old Sam linebacker, whatever you want to call it back in the heyday. The drop backer. It's that same exact position of playing that wide side slot. And that's what that is. Uh, you can say, well, you can play Mickey there. Well, maybe Mickey's not good at it. Maybe yeah. Mickey's not good at forcing. We'll play Christian Gray. It's not just like plugging a corner at that spot. That is a tough position. Yeah. Basically a hybrid outside linebacker that's got, I mean, I mean, look at, you know, Awusa Koromora. That's what it was. One of my favorites of all time is Rocky Boyman back in the day, played the drop back or the Sam, whatever it was called back at Notre Dame in those days. Goolsby could talk about that because he played with them. But that was that was his specialty too. He's over the tight end. He's on the slot. He's dropped. He's, you know, he's on the line of scrimmage. He's back and playing linebacker depth. That's a tough one. But the D end, man, Mike, it just goes back to, there are certain positions Notre Dame is not 
stacked talent at safety wide receiver in the in the dn position and they're still feels like they're trying to replenish those guys you know i mean just a couple of years ago with you know when uh what freeman's first class is tyson ford well is tyson ford a strong side pass rushing end or is he a three tech you know the other what dn that year was aiden gobira who was out this year so is he going to be back and then it's heinish the next year you know they've had to move burnham and uh tui alamaka down to d-line already so it seems like there's bodies, but are they presence type guys, you know, and edge type dudes? And that same thing with Brennan Vernon. Is he an inside guy? Is he twitchy enough to play the five tech, that wide side C gap? Those are some tough questions. And I think I think Freeman has just been like, until we till one of these guys steps up, man, we need a guy that we could trust. And we got Baptist yeah. and all that, you know, that the Duke guy coming in. Yeah, you mentioned Vernon. We both love Brennan Vernon, but yeah, I feel like some of these guys are just kind of like, kind of even eating their way into three techs. Like some of the, like Riley Mills came to Notre Dame. was like, you're right. You're a five tech yeah. three tech. Right. Right. I mean, that's kind of how it goes, right? You come in to be a Viper and then where do you end up? Strong side end, or you come in as a strong well, side end, you end up at three. If you come in as a three, you eat your way into a nose. Like, well, that's the same thing with offensive tackle. Everyone's like, well, you know, Charles Jagosaw is just going to be a guard. Well, how many guards, you know, are going to be at Notre Dame? Six, 16. I mean, they got stepped. Everyone, oh, you're just a guard. Well, you can't play 19 guards, so you gotta have a you gotta have tackles eventually. Same thing with defensive ends. You gotta eventually have a. De- I mean, Tyson Ford signed. It was like, oh my god, he's a top 100 edge guy. Hasn't been the case. And before that, there were just, I mean, 2021 defensive line is, is uh, oh my god, who is it? It's the guy, uh, the St. Louis guy, who's but he's an inside guy. Oh my god, Ruby. Yeah, I'm just thinking of a defensive lineman, uh, Rubio, Ford. 2020. Uh, I don't think they had any DNs in that class, just trying to think off the top of my head. So there's been some years where they're still trying to play catch-up, I feel like, yeah. at, at defensive end when it comes to players. Okay. You know, it's go by, I mean, Gobira, Vernon, you know, Josh, you know, Josh Burnham, Tuli Alamaka have played there. You know, they're more Vipers, but is Burnham going to bulk up and be a strong side end? But if you get a dude that's coming back for six years that's got NFL potential, you got you got to take it. You got to take it. All right, folks. If you want to know what I'm getting Tim for Christmas, it is uh, the Delta Great. 8 THC cannabis um, advent calendar, Tim. So you're looking forward to? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna get Tim a nice uh, little THC cannabis advent calendar. Um, but in all seriousness, you know what I'll give Tim. Uh, I'll admit that I'm wrong on a couple of things. How about I do that for Christmas, Tim? I'll text you. Here's where I've been wrong for a couple of things. Uh, and, and Tim can just be happy with that. It, it doesn't happen often because Mike Singer's just always right. Uh, but it is time to hear from our uh, our last sponsor for today's show, and that is Rogue Shop, the husband and wife outfit. Mr. and Rogue, uh, excuse me, Mr. Rogue and his wife, Shara Kress, craft cannabis farmers who specialize in small batch sustainable plant, me- plant medicine. Come on, Singer. Words. You got this. It's a true holistic type of small business. They farm and grow everything themselves. They do everything by hand. Check them out over at rogueshop.com, R-O-G-U-E shop.com. They sell everything from CBD, THC, edibles, tincture, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, vapes, candles, soaps, and more. Hop on the website, rogueshop.com. You can do a uh, a little Q&A. Uh, with the owners of the shop, they'll answer any questions that you have. So go to rogueshop.com if you have any issues sleeping, uh, chronic pain, 
or if you have anxiety, stress issues, uh, use the promo code blue and gold, just one word blue and gold uh, will get you 10% off your order at rogueshop.com. Okay, Tim, we are going to bring in, oh, you know what we didn't talk about real quick? Um, no, actually, let me look back at my show notes. What I sent you today, Tim, has changed because we had like three things of news drop today. Um, so we are going to bring in Tyler Horka. Could we get uh, a round of applause for my boy Tyler Horka? Uh, probably the most recurring guest here at uh, Blue and Gold. Tim, do you have something you want to say to Tyler? No, I was doing the crowd noise. Okay, there you go. So so Tyler Horka in the house. Uh, appreciate you, my friend. We're going to start with Tyler's reaction to uh, Jack Kaiser coming back. All during the season, I was just saying, man, Maris, Bertrand, and Kaiser have been here, um, you know, since Nam. Like, these guys are probably going to go. But Kaiser coming back, Marist and Bertrand won't. Uh, Kaiser will. Uh, what was your reaction to this news, Tyler? I, this might be a hot take because J.D. Bertrand has led this team in tackles, what, the last three seasons, is it? I know for sure it's the last two. So you, you say, okay, you're going to lose Bertrand. Who are you going to have at middle linebacker? Why not Jack Kaiser at middle linebacker? I think he's actually adept at playing pretty much every single linebacking position out there. And I think that's also why he was kind of caught behind those other two guys in terms of snap counts. If you look at the snap counts, J.D. Bertrand played over 600. Maris Leopold played 500-something. And I think both of those guys had really good seasons. But for Jack Kaiser to only play 340, I think, 350 snaps tops, that was not enough. And he's coming back, and he's going to get that opportunity to be on the field for every single down. And I know there's some people that, that are saying, get a, do away with all three of the graduate student linebackers. I always thought at least one of them would come back. I thought two might have even been a sweet spot, but it turns out, like you said, Mike, it's only going to be one. And I tweeted this out today. I put it on our message board. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. If you had to bring back only one, I don't think Jack Kaiser is is a bad option. But the way that they all played, probably all not bad options to have at least one of those guys in your linebacking core. But I'm a big Jack Kaiser fan. Me and Jack Sobel, our coworker, our colleague, we did a thing where we ranked the most underrated players of Notre Dame's season in 2023. I think we both put Jack Kaiser at the very top. I know I did. So I like it. I think it's a really good thing for Notre Dame that he's coming back. Yeah, before Tim talks here, um, Tyler, I'm going to go back to you on something because Tim and I talk all the time. It's like, yeah, if your base is like a 4-3, I mean, Notre Dame never plays three linebackers, really. I mean, the, no. you know, unless it's goal line or something or very short yardage, you're playing a nickel, right? I mean, the days of Jeremiah Usukormo being able to do both, those are long gone. So you're playing two most of your time. Kaiser's one. What are your thoughts on who might be next to him? Everyone wants it to be someone like Jalen Sneed, but I don't know if I've seen the steps forward that he needs to take. And maybe he plays a lot in this bowl game. And I know Tim was on here talking earlier, ask him about the quarterbacks at 6 p.m. on December 29th because he's going to know a lot more about Steve Angeli. Maybe we know a lot more about Jalen Sneed at that same exact time on December 29th. So. Right now, I can't confidently say that it's him. Look, I said that I just said that Jack Kaiser could play middle linebacker. Um, maybe someone like Drake Bowen plays middle linebacker, or not middle linebacker. I'm, yeah, maybe Drake Bowen plays middle linebacker, and then you have 
uh, Jack Kaiser playing the Maris Leofau role. I think that is a suitable thing that Notre Dame could do. Now, look, the, the big time schools like the Alabamas, the Georgias, they're playing freshmen at these positions and they're not afraid to do so. So maybe our guy Kingston comes in and he plays middle linebacker right away. Like if he's good enough to do that, you let him do that. And then Jack Kaiser is still in that Maris Leofau role at the weak side linebacker where you got him moving, rushing off the edge, all those different types of things. I think he can do those things. So is it Bowen? Is it Kingston? I'm not sure, but it, it's going to be a young guy. Yeah. I mean, it, it Jalen Sneed is like the oldest option, it seems like, and he's only going to be a junior next season. So it's Kaiser for sure. Kaiser is going to have the Leofau, the Bertrand snap count, and then it's somebody else is going to have Somebody else is going to shoot way up in snap counts, and it could be Bowen. I mean, I kind of like what I've seen out of Bowen in terms of practices and, and the limited, limited reps that he's gotten in games. Tim? Real quick, it was tackles, Porkas, but I said at 6 o'clock. 6 p.m., we're going to know more about the okay. offensive tackles. That's yeah. who. Yeah, and then um, speaking of freshmen, Mike Singer, did you notice who's been on every single second team All-American this year? My uh, my favorite football player, Caleb Downs. Oh, he's so good. Oh, my God, Mike. Yeah. Can Notre Dame – yeah, I'm talking about freshmen. Can Notre Dame get one dude who just comes in on day one and just, oh, I'm just going to make every All-American team? It's like, that's a dude. So just a little shout-out to him. God, great, great football player. But with the linebackers, man, I am I'm – fired, I'm fired up for – you know, kind of bounce off what Tyler said, just one of the three, because just to be a captain, because there are, when you watch Notre Dame's defense, you know, people, whether, you know, there's so many, oh, I don't like Maris, JD's horrible. They don't understand what in the world's happening in a blink of an eye. Those two guys and Kaiser, when they're, when he's out there, two out of those three, or, or when they're out there together, are so dialed in. There are so many checks, adjustments. There's certain plays because there's zone reads, zone reads, dive quarterback pitch, who's on everything, and emotion changes all of that on a fly. And you can see Maris, JD, Kaiser, you know, whoever it is, adjusting instantly. And it goes like this. That's why that defense was so dialed in and locked into so many plays this year, because they're just, I mean, they, they know what Al Golden wants. And I am fired up to see Kaiser now. He's basically going to be you know, the head coach on that defense, he's going to under, he's going to know what those guys are, are on every single check. He's going to be assuming Al Golden comes back. You got his third year with him. And then more importantly, as I, I said this a week ago or so, when Chapman Singer is, I mean, this is four years now being around Marcus Freeman. So he's going to know Marcus Freeman's, you know, tone, his language. He's, he's going to be a voice. Same thing with Howard Cross. You got some older dudes in that room. And the linebacker room is is stacked with some unbelievable high school All-Americans that we've been chatting about for a couple of years. So it's going to be a war. And I'm going to say that it is going to be a war really for one spot. And yeah. you're going to get, you know, you know, Kingston coming in from St. John Bosco is going to be a stud. You're going to have, obviously, Jalen Sneed. Me personally, I hope they just say Sneed. You're going to be our Micah Parsons, Harold Perkins at LSU. You're going to just rush and play all over the place. You're going to be our captain on Aztec. Bowen, Osbury, Ziegler come back in the mix. It's going to be wild that inside linebacker comes from. Okay. Yeah. So looking at the PFF snap counts, Bertrand 613, uh, Maris Leafau 595, Kaiser 327, and then Sneed 199. So that was your four uh, main linebackers. Now Marist, 
I learned, I feel like just a few weeks ago, he has a special position in the Notre Dame defense called the money position, that roaming linebacker. That does feel like something that Sneed could do. Um, so kind of a side note there. Because I, I did say, like, listen, it's going to be a lot of nickel. But there will be times, Tim, I'm sure, right? There's three on the field, though. You know, Like three like, times a game, yeah. Okay, so very – okay. It's not a lot. It is not a lot. When you chart them, I'm sure I mean, when Tyler rewatches it, yeah, you don't see a lot of three backers unless it's just they know it's third and three and the other team's got two tight ends out there and they'll match personnel but it is not a lot of times you see three linebackers Tyler do you have anything else you want to add yeah I mean the only time that you really see three linebackers is when you take a defensive end off the field and you put Jalen Snead on there and you're in your Aztec and he's rushing the quarterback every single time and uh, I was a little bit surprised that you said 199 snaps for Jalen Snead but then when I go and think about how much they were in Aztec I say there's your 199 snaps so a a bulk of them came from that package yeah, YouTube chat's talking about Jay Osbury. There's an, an, another young, talented linebacker, Preston Zinter. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people like there. And then you bring in Kingston Villiamuasa. It's 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 a pretty loaded linebacker room, which kind of makes sense, even why you're seeing some of those linebackers move to you know Viper. Um, and and I wouldn't be surprised if you see more of that. Did you have something you want to add, Tyler? Yeah, I was just going to say one thing about Jaden Osbury. You can tell how much the coaching staff likes him and wants to hang on to him by the fact that they just kind of shut him down. I don't have his game log in front of me, but it seems like once he got to that four-game mark, which I think he's still sitting on, I wouldn't be surprised if they just say, you're not even playing in this Sun Bowl. It seems like they're trying to redshirt him, and they want to get a good three or four years out of him beyond this. And I know that's not the way college football works these days, but when we had that conversation with Marcus Freeman in like mid-November where we were like, okay, who are the guys that you're thinking about redshirting? Osbury's name came up and he said, yeah, we, we want to redshirt him. And that could go both ways. It could be like, obviously, he's not good enough to get on the field right now. But I think that's just because the linebacker snap count and the way that they divvied those up was what it was. He wasn't going to get on the field anyway. Might as well try to get another year out of him. But I really like him going back to fall camp. That dude can track the ball, moves the ball, moves with the ball well, yeah. reactionary. What Tim was saying about the graduates just being so cerebral and smart that they know where the ball is going. And that's why they can shut things down on the edges and, and kind of plug up those gaps. I think Osbury is on his way to being that type of player at some day, at some yeah, point. O- o- Osbury. Hey, quick, go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. No, a quick side note. What Tyler said, remember the little, the new waiver that's in is the bowl game does not count as a game. So Osbury, Traore, they could play and it's still a red shirt for them. It'll be their fifth game, but it doesn't count. Well, I think we'll see him a lot then. Yeah. Yes. I put him out there. Yeah. Yep. Just think about like seven years ago, Tim, all the difference. I mean, it's just, Mike, do you Mike remember Edwards? if you played a snap? Oh, yeah. Sorry, Redshirt. Yeah. Yeah. That's yes. it. That's yes. it. You're done. I remember uh, there was, um, and this is an, an aside, but it's a quick one. Growing up a Texas fan, this was like 2012, 2013. Uh, and, and Notre Dame fans will remember him as well because he's the one that actually scored the overtime touchdown where Joe Tessitore says Texas is back, folks. The, the quarterback, Tyrone Swoops, who made that diving play. Mac Brown burned his red shirt at like 2 a.m. on a rainy night in TCU after a three-hour rain delay in a game that started at 7 p.m. Central. And Texas was up so big. This was when Case McCoy was the starter. And – Tyrone Swoops had not played it down to that point. I think it was late October, early November, and Mac Brown threw him into the game, and the whole fan base was like, what are you doing? 
He was burned an entire year of this guy's eligibility. And now, like you said, Mike, you can play four games and you can play and 50 snaps. In a, and a, yeah, you can play 50 snaps in all those games. And it's like you never played. COVID years. I mean, you, you, you can get a waiver for anything. You can get a one-time transfer. It's but the now waiver, But the NCAA is very smart because they know the bowl games, all these opt-outs in the portal and this the way the calendar is. I mean, there's teams that couldn't even play guys because you're yeah. redshirting so many guys. They're like, no, screw it. Play everybody. It's basically a free spring game. Go enjoy it. A rare uh, NCAA victory. All right. Yes. So we are talking a lot about Notre Dame quarterbacks in today's show. We, we opened with Riley Leonard and then the the picture of Drew Pine, Tyler Buckner, Sam Hartman, Steve Angeli. Uh, uh, that, that just sums up. Notre Dame football in 2023 that that happened that like just the craziness I should add um but we do need to talk about uh with Tim because news came out Monday I believe that Sam Hartman not playing in the bulb game now Tim and I have talked a little bit about this off air um in some text messages in that famous maybe I should say infamous text group with myself you and Goolsby <laughs> Um, about Hartman, and this is really why we bring in Tyler Horka to be the voice of reason. Horka, if you want to get paid, you need to agree with what I say. By the way, yeah, Horka, <clears throat> Horka was great. I'm just kidding. Little, I don't cut Horka's Horka, checks. Tyler was great in the little 10-minute vid you guys put out on Monday, so that was solid. That was oh, solid. Horka's fantastic. So, um, yes, I want to talk about it because I did say in that video, I need to gather my thoughts a little bit more. Yes. Okay? If you look at just the bowl game right you you, you ju- it's the no context the only information you have is just looking at the bowl game this is great i have no issues with this whatsoever we don't need to see more sam hartman tim and nine ten wins sure it would be nice to get the 10 um for something when you're looking back on the season in 10 years and for marcus Re- marcus freeman the amount of 10 win seasons he's had but otherwise the game doesn't really mean anything Go put out Steve Angeli. It's a potential resume builder for him. See what he can do for, hey, you bring in Riley Leonard for the 2024 season. If Angeli doesn't go, man, remember Steve Angeli in that bowl game? Or we really believe in him. Or if Riley Leonard does, I mean, knock on wood, if he goes down at some point in 2024, you really have confidence in Steve because of that bowl game. He plays well, all that stuff. Just for the bowl game, that's that I, I'm this is this is good. I, I I'm happy that Sam's not playing in this game. But the context of the season, I am not happy about Sam Hartman not playing in the game. And I would love to know why Sam Hartman is skipping this bowl game. I would love to know. I heck, I even wished in his announcement video that he would have said, "I'm not playing." I mean, he didn't even really declare it. He didn't really declare anything. It was just a a note to college football. But then we all kind of got the hint. But That's a different discussion for a different day. Sam was brought here to win a national title, or at the very least, get get yourself to a a college football playoff game, or even even a step down from that. Just get to a New Year's Six Bowl game. Go lead Notre Dame to one of those big bowl game wins that Notre Dame has not had, and we're talking decades. Those things don't happen. You think the big rah-rah Notre Dame guy, this is just my opinion, folks. I'm sure I'll get hate comments on YouTube. That's okay. You think he could at least be here to get to Notre Dame to 10 wins? If he if Notre Dame failed those benchmarks, you think he would be here to get to Notre Dame to 10 wins? 
So I just kind of feel like I was fed a little bit of a lie. That's just how I feel on the Hartman experiment right now. Um, all a very beloved figure, rah, rah, Notre Dame and opting out of the bowl game. And Tim, when we were texting you, you brought up Kyron Williams as kind of an example of, Hey, he loved Notre Dame and he sat out the bowl game difference being Kyron Williams gave three years to the program. And we knew, even though he went lower than expected, Tim, we yep. knew that Kyron Williams was going to be a draft pick. We were kind of, and I think he went lower because of the positional value of anything. I agree. Kyron Williams gave three years to the team. Um, I mean, a lot of carries there. I just feel like Sam, the one, like, go out on a high note, man. Like, go get that. Go, go hoist a trophy, even if it's the Sun Bowl trophy. Like Brian Kelly left, leaves a bad taste in your mouth for all the success he had right but you kind of leave with bad taste in your mouth this is just my opinion folks maybe you don't have a bad taste in your mouth with sam hartman maybe um you know you're just so happy because he recruited riley leonard to to notre dame by his sideline conversation with him back in september um sam hartman walks on water i mean you if that's your opinion that's fine but to me it just kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth for all the expectations we had for sam and then he opts out of the bowl game i want to know why he is i don't know if i'll ever get that answer um but uh yeah there you go Tim? I'll, yeah, I'll jump in here. I mean, Marcus Freeman always talks about, yeah, the 12th game. You're guaranteed 12. You played 12. My humble opinion is I'm exhausted by talking about Sam Hartman. It feels like for much too long. Um, I'm fine with it. I mean, seriously, I, I'm fine with it as in we're done. He's he's done. He did his time. I I don't want to watch him in the Sun Bowl. So I'm kind of, I, I mean, seriously, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to watch it. I'd rather watch the other guys. I am uh, so much, I more, much more excited about 2024 than watching Sam Hartman throw to guys. You know, I'd rather see Angeli. Minchie has a good, you know, a couple of weeks of practice. And if he gets in there, Benjeli struggles, Minchie comes in or what, you know, whatever it is, or Steve goes out there and kicks butt. Cause all these guys are returning now. I'm talking Colsey's supposed to be playing. Faison's going to play. You got Great House. You got Flanagan. You got, um, help me out. I can't, oh, Raritan. You know, you got Thomas coming back for his injury. You got all these guys are coming back. So, hey, Sam, move on. Doesn't have his, you know, the two tackles. Let the two new tackles block for Angeli. Let him get his feet wet. Because that's the bigger point, Mike, is Riley Leonard's coming in. If Riley Leonard sprains his ankle in game five again. Well, who the hell is number two? So, the number we're talking linebacker, a battle, a war in the spring. The battle for number two at quarterback is the storyline for me in spring football. Right. So Sam Hartman, just real, I'm done, man. I am exhausted talking about Sam Hartman. I am excited we don't have to watch him play and just get worn out by a good throw, a crappy throw. Who gives a damn? He went nine and three. Time to move on. That's just my humble opinion. Before we go to Tyler. So you, I'm reading the chat. You guys are, there's a lot of football reasons you guys are talking about. Like football, Tim's a football guy, yeah, right? I'm a all. media guy. I'm talking media things, right? That's kind of what I do. Uh, we, we, we employ Tim Hyde and Mike Goolsby to talk football. I'm the media guy, right? I run the YouTube side of things. I make fancy graphics and headlines. That's why they pay me the little bucks. But think about the human element side. Did Audrey Estime 
really need to go off in the Stanford game, right? That was a human element thing for Audric Estime felt snubbed. So they ran Audric Estime against Stanford. He is pissed. Didn't need to do that, but the, that's the context of this. This is not a video game, and these are real people with real emotions. That's where I'm coming at with the Hartman thing, right? Football side of things, are you kidding me? I would have rather Steve Angeli start every damn game this season. Yeah, especially the bowl game. I want to see what we have, too. 12 more seconds before Tyler. I, I, I And the uh, side note is everything changed when, you know, FSU got snubbed out. Because then the ACC just went like, Notre Dame, you're going to play in the worst bowl we got. We're going to take care yeah, of our yeah. own. You're not going to get your LSU you know, bowl game on January 1st. I think if Notre Dame was playing January 1st, we would see a different story. They're not playing on January 1st. That changes a lot, a lot of uh, things out there. Tyler? And, yeah, go for it, Tyler. Stole the words out of my mouth. That's what I've been sitting here waiting to say. Notre Dame's playing an Oregon State team that's down to its third-string quarterback, a guy that's thrown – I get it, he started eight times last year, but he's thrown one pass in 2023. Like, obviously, that's what Oregon State thought about this guy. DJU enters the portal. I think their backup's name is Aiden Childs. He enters the portal. You're down to Ben Branson, your third stringer. Here's a human element for you, Mike. If I'm Sam Hartman, who's played six years of college football – I'm sitting there thinking, you're going to send me out to El Paso, Texas to play in a 40,000-seat stadium against Ben Branson of Oregon State? Then if he's, he's playing Brian, then he's not rah-rah Notre Dame guy. Then I feel like I was fed a lie because he's saying I'm bigger okay, than Notre yeah, Dame. I'm not bigger than this game. Like, bro, like, what would you do at Wake Forest? Like, you know, that, yeah, that's my could easily that's my had – it's still he a ranked Oregon had his, State team. But you're doing the, oh, oh, let me just let me just jump in just for a, you know one quick thing for Tyler. It's like you're, you're talking the media thing, Mike, and whatnot. But isn't it as the media guy? Isn't it freaking exhausting? All the conversation about Sam Hartman is done. I think as a media guy, you should be like, thank you, thank you. And um, it's it's uh, it's twofold, Tim. I sent a text to Mike like Monday. I think it was right after um, Hartman made this decision. And I said, I'm going to miss Sam Hartman because you can't tweet about the guy without it just going off and you're gaining followers and you're getting likes. And most of the, pretty much everything that I tweeted, it was just factual. Like, Hey, here's what he said, or here's what yep. he did. I mean, at the beginning of the year, there were stats that you could pull with his QBR and his passer rating. And he started with 13 touchdowns, no picks. You just put that stuff out there and it was a gold mine. And then when things got a little tough, it was I tweeted a video of him running off the field uh, against NC State. He waited for the band of NC State band to finish playing. And then he pumped up the crowd and ran off like that stuff played well. What he said after the USC game played well. Um, if he has kids, if he's lucky enough to have kids is his exact wording. He wants to bring them back to Notre Dame and he wants to have a highlight of himself playing on the Notre Dame stadium, big board. Like that's big time stuff. But I say it's twofold, Tim, because I agree with you. Part of me is like exhausted and I'm, I'm kind of ready for the one year Sam Hartman experience to end. And it did, it ended on Monday. So that's it. We don't have to try to hop this, hype this guy up, prop this guy up. We don't have to put anything out about Sam Hartman anymore because it's Steve Angeli now, and then it's going to be Riley Leonard in a month, and 
I just kind of pray that the uh, – and I wrote a column about this at blueandgold.com. I don't know if either of you guys read it, but I'm like, hold your horses on hyping up Riley Leonard because we did the same thing with Sam Hartman, and Notre Dame went 9-3, and three and in the big games, he didn't make the big plays. And that could be the case with Riley Leonard. I'm not, I, know, I don't think I'm on here to talk a lot of Riley Leonard. You guys got that out of the way at the beginning. But th- there's part of me that's – I think there's people too – optimistic and you can be optimistic all you want about Riley Leonard. He's a good quarterback. If you're Notre Dame, you go get him every single time, but yeah. I'm not sure if he's, you know, 12 and 0, he's going to win the Heisman type. And I'm, I'm seeing a little bit too much of that. It's, it's a little bit of the Sam Hartman thing again. Yeah. Going back to your last point, Tyler and Tim, we'll go to you in a second. Um, that I was like, I mean, come on. Like the, you know, the, the your, your point about the Sun Bowl, this might be Sam. Like, let's be honest. There, there's a world where Sam Hartman never plays a snap in the NFL in Stanford's last game. So, like, I there from what I was hearing behind the scenes, like there was a real struggle for Hartman whether he was going to play in this bowl game or not. With that element kind of in mind, of um, okay, I can re- I, I can tell you guys that he was struggling with it. I would assume that that was the reason. Like, I might not, you know, play hey, in the NFL. If Stanford was his last game, I'll just say this before we give it back to Tim. His last pass ever was a 45-yard touchdown to Jordan Faison. I know he was wide open, but he put it right on the money, and he can always hang his hat on that. All right, before we go to Tim, though, your point about the Hartman social media thing, this is where I went. All right, so I'm, I just pulled up our uh, Blue and Gold Instagram account. Here's a uh, a nice little tweet graphic of Tyler Horka. You guys can see at the bottom of the screen, 3,600 likes. That is, that's a really good post for us at our Blue and Gold Instagram page. Please give us a follow. Here's one. Some pictures of Deuce Knight, 400 likes, solid. Uh, Sam Hartman on the cover, a Louisville game, 457 likes, cool. Um, 261 likes there. How about this photo? Or I'm sorry, this video of the Sam Hartman hair flip for the people. I think you took this video, Tyler. 8,000. Yeah, this great. video popped off. Um, one of my good friends here locally, she loves Sam Hartman. She, this is the only year she's ever been interested in my line of work is because Sam Hartman. She's like, Hey, um, your video of Sam Hartman. This is what Tim up. is exhausted about though. The, look at him laughing. That but this people, is what he's like. Hey, I'm laughing. Dude, it's too far. But laughing. hold on. There, there's a student at, at you know, the school I work at. You know, she oh, knows I do. She knows I do Notre Dame stuff and all that. And she, you know, she's seen the podcast. Oh my God, she loves Sam Hartman. And I'm just like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I'm done. I'm done. He threw three picks today. I don't give a damn. <laughs> so yeah, your guys' responses to what I'm saying is, we're tired. I get it. I, all right. If, if that's it, that's fine. I get it. But Tim, we'll, we'll go back to you. Yeah. As I promise. No, it, was, it was just a Heisman hype. I just wanted to just say real quick, the reason why I think so much of the Heisman hype with Hartman and now Riley Leonard, because Riley Leonard has legitimate NFL talk about him out there in those NFL circles is just, man, it's just a starving fan base. And I, I think you guys know that. It is like dying for someone to just be a dude who goes to New York City. You know, it's like, it, 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 it wants someone and they wanted Sam Hartman so damn bad because they watch Wake Forest. And they're like, well, it's Wake Forest. Why can't we throw, you know, all these bombs away passes? We're Notre Dame. Well, you didn't have some of those wide receivers that could do some of that bombs away stuff. And that's, that was a little bit of reality as the season got going. But I think that was what the fan base was seeing was all the 
crazy Sam Hartman stuff and it, it didn't happen. And now it's Riley Leonard. Riley's our guy. Yeah. Completely different quarterback than Sam Hartman. So that's going to be, I, I, I think it's going to be a fun thing to see. He's totally different than Hartman. I think it's going to be a lot more fun to cover him, cover his game because Hartman was just limited in what he could do and things of that nature. So I think the fan base is going to go crazy for Riley Leonard, but as you know, Tyler Horka, if you don't, if you start zero one on the road in Aggieville, yeah, you could kiss all that Heisman and all that stuff gone. So it's going to be a one game season to start next year. It's just funny the same people who were yelling at Goolsby for the anti Hartman take are the same people who are just like, oh, come on, like we're 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 we'll move on from Hartman. It's just like, you know, got switched up real quick. Guys are done with Hartman, but before, you know, he was uh, he was everything. The uh, the the Heisman thing, like, listen, if, if Notre Dame was going to go undefeated, or, or even a one loss team, and, and and win two or three of the big games, two of three, then I think he was going to get invited. That that you know, that was kind of the thought there. But, Heck, Ian Book was in the top ten. I mean, Notre yeah. Dame were undefeated. You know, they're ten and zero year. Ian Book's in the in the top ten, so. If, if Riley Leonard comes out, beats AM, yeah, the hype's going to be real. If he loses the AM, you'll never hear his name the rest of the season. Anything else on Mr. Hartman? The last time his name will ever be discussed on our Blue and Gold YouTube channel. I got a feeling that ain't true. Yeah, I know. But look, I'm not I'm not trying to diss on the guy. The last thing that you said. I don't think you wrong. did at all, Tyler. I, I don't okay. think you did. Okay, well, but I didn't want to be lumped into that group that was – Getting mad at Goolsby and now saying the same things as Goolsby, where we're just oh kind of no, 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 Hartman no, no, off no. to the side. I'm not one of those, but you got to like Mike. You started this conversation off by saying let's take the Sun Bowl for what it is, and right now, what it is, given the circumstances of both rosters, is a little bit of a tryout for both teams. It's a little bit of a springboard into 2024, and Sam Hartman would be springboarding into what? You, you I'm not gonna. Okay, if I'm a Notre Dame fan, it would have been nice for – you look at Sam Hartman last year. He won the Gasparilla Bowl versus Missouri. There's still photos circulating of him with the – you know, that beard. What is he, sponsored by Dollar Shave Club or whatever? He's got all the products for that thing, and it looked good on the stage, and he's holding up a trophy. He could have had that that moment at Notre Dame. I get it. But it would have been in El Paso, like I was saying, against an Oregon State team that's not starting all of its guys. And right now, if I'm a Notre Dame fan, I'm – Thank you, Sam. He tried his darndest to win all of those games. Should have beat Ohio State. The three interceptions against Louisville, you don't win that way. You don't win by throwing a pick six at Clemson. This could have already been a 10-win Notre Dame team, though. At this point, it's not his job to, to do it in the bowl game. I think Steve Angeli can beat this Oregon State team. And if you're a Notre Dame fan that's saying, hey, the one objective left in terms of the confines of the 2023 season – is to win 10 games, Steve Angeli could do that for you against yeah. Ben Goldbranson. I know he can. So just go do it. And you know what? You, you got those 10 wins. Everybody's happy on for New Year's. Yeah. I still will just go back to if you're going to say something like, man, I want my kids to go here. Um, Like this place is just the best thing ever. Like I really thought like he regretted even going to Wake. Like he would have, if he could do it all over again, he would walk on to the Notre Dame football team back in, you know, twenty. Uh, 11 or whatever it was when he was a, you know, a high school recruit. Cause I think he's coming up on, on, you know, being 35 years old or something, but, uh, 
not, you know, I just think for that guy, you, you, I would have assumed that he would want to play in the bowl game and hoist that trophy. But I'm, in I'm ten years, are we are we even going to remember that Sam Hartman opted out of the Sun Bowl in ten years, or are we just going to remember? Oh, you damn else? well know that I'll remember. I don't, I don't know. know if I will. It's I not going to be. Really it's not going to be front of mind. That's for sure. Like Kyron gonna... Williams and Kyle Hamilton opted out already. That's already like, eh. I don't really care. Look how good they are in the NFL. That's what they were thinking about at that time. And it's Sam Hartman, you think, you, uh, think Sam Hartman's? No, that's that's a different conversation. That's a no. <laughs> it's not about that with him. I'm just saying. I've already forgotten about Kyron Williams and Kyle Hamilton opting out of that game. Yeah. Would they? Maybe have won that. I mean, it was a two-point game, and they were winning by that 20 was, points in the first they quarter. They win that game. Yes, yes. They, they win that one. game if Kyron Williams is playing. That's a given. But that's yeah. All right. We have one other topic to discuss in today's show, and this was an, an interesting one that our, our group chat of uh, Blue and Gold staffers was discussing, Tyler. Um, this uh, graphic of 2023 AP All-America team, first and second teamers, right? Uh, by school. So Bama had five. That was the most in the country. How about Notre Dame had four and Georgia had four. That was tied for second most. And uh, our colleague Jack Sobel tweeted, eight teams placed three or more players on the two APL America teams. Only one, and that was Notre Dame, did not win 10 or more regular season games this season. And I asked you this, Tyron. We were texting about it. Like, what does this tell you? So I'm going to ask you on air on the record. You see this. All of those teams with three or more players on the 2022 APL America team, uh, first or second, had 10 wins except for Notre Dame, which has nine. Does that tell you anything? Is Or is that kind of like, a okay, you know, BFD, bro? Well, absolutely. It tells you something. This was an underachieving Notre Dame football team, and now there's – offshoots and subsets of that you have to ask yourself why was this an underachieving Notre Dame football team and I start at the top I think it's coaching if you've got the number one pass efficiency defense in college football led by really led by a couple of corners because I I still think regardless of what Xavier Watts did with winning the Nagurski trophy leading the FBS with seven interceptions like he was poster child this year but without those corners you don't have the number one pass efficiency defense in the country but you had those corners you had watts so you were number one and then you've got howard cross i think javante jean baptiste had an excellent season like the defensive line was great outside of not generating enough pass rush with viper it all adds up to a top 10 defense in college football i would say and usually if you have a top 10 defense in college football you're making a playoff push notre dame didn't make a playoff push why the offense stunk it up in the big games and i think that had a lot to do with scheme tim's mentioned it and i mean it almost goes without saying at this point it had a lot to do with not a lot of great wide receiver play i mean that's for one but look there are four all America first team All America guys there for Notre Dame, and I think it's two from each side of the ball, right? Or first or second team because it's Joe yeah. Alt, it's Audrey Estime, and then it's Howard Cross and Xavier Watts. So that's a balanced football team. You've got one of the best running backs in college football. You've got the best offensive tackle in college football, and yet you're sitting there with three losses, and you're the only team with three or more. Right? Was the stat the only team with 
three yeah. or more first or second team AP All-Americans with three losses. I mean, that's underachieving. And I think it starts at the st- at the top because I'll hand it to Tim now. Who else are you going to blame? You're not going to blame the players. The players are the one that, that are on this chart. You got four All-Americans. So I think you've got to blame the coaching. Yeah, and that, you know, when you talk coaching, that's just, I mean, they were horrible on the road. Just be, let's be honest. They were, they're craps this year on the road, you know, outside of, you know, I know NC State, but people forget that NC State game was like 24 17 with like seven, eight minutes to go. And NC State had the ball with a chance to tie, and then all hell broke loose, and Notre Dame just blew it out of the water. But uh, even in that game, remember, you have six touchdowns, but six three and outs. It's something I've never even seen in a game before. So that was wild. But uh, no, it was a, it was a good football team. It was a really good Notre Dame football team. It wasn't a, it wasn't a bad one. It wasn't a great one. It was a good, solid football team that was bad on the road, uh, bad quarterback play on the road. Wide receivers just hurt them, man. It really did. I mean, you go into Ohio State and you have Thomas and Greathouse are one and two, and then they're kind of just non-existent the rest of the season, which those two guys were really playing good football. And then basically after those two guys got dinged up in that game and moving forward, the offense turned into 2022. You know, you got Mitch Evans turns into Michael Mayer and the whole offense is evolving around a, a darn tight end again. So that's, that's, that's what happened at tail end of the year. But uh, just real quick on the all Americans, you got, you got four different dudes, which is pretty cool. You got, and you know, we always hear the word develop and all that. You got four guys that were developed in Notre Dame. You got a fifth-year senior who was just a, you know, I don't want to say a low-end recruit, but he was a national recruit guy in Howard Cross. You got Xavier Watts has played 12 positions at Notre Dame, for crying out loud. He came in there as the beat of wide receiver, NFL wide receiver, and look at him, as we've said 100 times. And then Joe Alt. Joe Alt shows up. I mean, we're talking about Gerby Lambert. Not, not you know, can he play as a true freshman? Alt shows up in the summer. And they like him, but ah, we'll put you know, we're gonna redshirt you this year. Ends up playing tight end. I'll never forget Texan Mike Singer on Kyron Williams' 50-yard touchdown run against Purdue in 21. I was like, dude, you see 45 out there? That's Joe Alt blocking as a tight end. All of a sudden he jumps in and, and uh halftime is Cincinnati. Baker, Carmody, all those guys are dinged up, injured, Fisher's out, and they throw Joe Alt in at halftime against Cincinnati. The guy never left the field in the next two and a half years. So Kudos to him. And same with Estime. Estime is a guy who just redshirted, did nothing. Diggs got all the carries as a freshman, remember? And now Estime is going to the NFL. The, I want to say he's the first All-American since Reggie Brooks in 92. I don't, I don't remember Adams getting this high up. I don't think he was. Kyron never was an All-American. Julius Jones had a great 2003, but the team was 5-7. and seven. He didn't get All-American. Audrey Dedson was, I want to say, 1992, and Brooks was a top five. Heisman finalists is Notre Dame had a guy this highly ranked on the All-American teams as a running back. So kudos to those four guys, nine and three. It's going back to the Sam. I mean, it, I hate to say it guys, but it's the Sam Hartman thing. It was a frustrating season. You're going to the damn Sun Bowl. I mean, that's, that's what stinks. Cool. I'll have my cowboy boots on for that one though. We're going down to El Paso. I'm from Texas. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a picture. I'll send it to you, Mike. Cowboy boots. Thinking about cowboy hat, bolo mm. tie. Even I might as well go game. all out. It's 
if Sam yeah, at the game in the press box, if Sam Hartman's not going to go all out or even play, and you're sending me down there, I'll put on the boots, cowboy hat, bolo tie. I'll represent. I was going to say, man, you're throwing some shade at El Paso, man. I hope the 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 bowl organizer people are not listening, or the just the people of El Paso. Yeah. But you're you're one of them. To, you're a Texas guy. It's not my job to pump up El Paso. I'm a Dallas guy, Dallas Fort Worth through and through. I'm from Texas. Lived there 22 of my 28 years. Never been to El Paso, so this is a first for me. The state's my that big too. If you're from Dallas, you. You don't go to El Paso. Sister-in-law just moved to Fort Worth. So um, okay. I'll hit Tyler, you any recommendations on the area. Uh, off of that, Tyler, when are you – do you guys know is the press uh, when the team going out? I mean, uh, when are you heading out for, you know, the bowl game festivities with Tony the Tiger and those guys? Yeah, I hope I get a photo with Tony the Tiger. He's got to be there, right? There's got to be a Tony the Tiger mascot. Oh, he'll Screw be the there. Pop- Screw the Pop-Tart thing that you can eat or whatever. I want a photo with Tony the Tiger. Um, I think the team actually gets there on Christmas, I want to say. Maybe even Christmas Eve, one of those two days. I'm going down. I'll already be in Dallas for Christmas, but um, not going to be drinking too much eggnog Christmas night because I got a 7 a.m. flight to El Paso out of Dallas on the 26th. And there is a coordinator availability at 10 a.m. at the uh, media hotel on the 26th. I'll be at that. We get to watch practice on the 26th. So excited for that. Mike, I will not forget the camcorder. We will have practice. (laughs) Um, And then there's a couple more availabilities leading into the game on the 29th. So I'll actually be there for four nights, better part of uh, five days. So. Yeah, I'm getting the most out of El Paso. I may come back on one of these videos, uh, you know, in 2024 after the new year and retract everything, all the shade that I threw out El Paso in this video. I'll say it's a, it's a lovely city this time of year, maybe. And especially if Notre Dame goes down there, gets a victory. And I guarantee you that Sun Bowl is going to be painted blue and gold because, I mean, and maybe Oregon State has a little bit of Oregon State's playing against Notre Dame. I think that's why you see a lot of the uh, – who is it, Brett McMurphy that tweeted out Sold the out. Um, spike in ticket demand? Like, I think part of that is probably Oregon State sitting there saying, we get to play Notre Dame. It's funny how that works. Notre Dame's sitting there thinking, I really don't want to go down there for this. But Oregon State's – I mean, everybody wants to beat Notre Dame, right, Tim? You've lived it long enough to know that. So, yeah, well, But I think there will be a lot of Notre Dame fans. Yeah, I think what the ticket prices, what, what what was that tweet? Hiked up 170%, but Notre Dame sold yeah. out. I mean, they sold out in a heartbeat. So I think I think Notre Dame fans like getting away. So I think they're going to go down to Texas and root on the team. I really do. All right, Mr. Super Chat from earlier before we sign off. Just one ND gal, $10. She said, odds that Sam was asked to step down so Angeli can play because, you know, so out of character. Uh, not to my knowledge. I do not think that this happened. I think it was very much Sam's decision. Could Sam have said, I want to step down and opt out to let Angeli start? I don't know. I don't know. You'd have that. Hey, you're, you're looking for a, um, Sam Hartman loves Notre Dame so much angle. There it is. He loves Notre Dame so much. He's giving Angeli his first career start. So we can know more about him heading into 2024. I, I, I think I said that last week or the week before. I'm like, man, Sam can do no wrong. Like <laughs> we're making excuses for the guy no matter what. 
Um, or maybe not excuses, but just kind of like reasons or trying to defend him. But yeah, I don't know. I, you guys got to remember that the Goolsby show all throughout the fall. I mean, I'm like, dude, Goolsby, what are you talking about? This, you know, getting on Sam's ass so much like this. Like, get the guy a break. And I guess I've I've come to the dark side on it a little bit. I don't know. But there you go. There you go. So 10 p.m., Tim. Uh, let's get you to bed, my friend. Uh, Tyler, appreciate you joining us. Uh, I got an early morning tomorrow myself. So we're going to sign off there after an hour and a half. Uh, talking some Notre Dame football. And uh, maybe my last Sam Hartman rant. So there you go. There you go. Ag- agreement, boys? Last Sam Hartman rant on the show? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, That's if we bring him up, there'll be context of comparing him to whatever in the future. But, yeah. No, his – this time is is come and gone. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm just gonna I mean in the close. I'm 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 excited for the Sumble. I'm excited to see so many. Yeah, really, really good young football players. I think we're gonna see a lot of them playing. It's only gonna be a handful of the older guys out there. But there's, I mean, this is gonna be a you know kind of a small little precursor going into winter conditioning in the spring. A ton of these guys are gonna be playing, coming back next year. So this is. It's going to be a good little uh, football game to get us ready for 2024. I know Riley Leonard's coming in to be the quarterback, but this is huge for Angeli to go out there, kick some butt. Hopefully, hey, Tyler Buckner was gone for 112 days. He came back, was the bowl game. It'd be awesome if Angeli could do this to get some momentum because that number two quarterback race is going to be wild. And that's, heck, we we didn't even mention, you know, CJ Card's going to be practicing. What is any the 16th, 17th? Right, you guys? So yeah, he's going to be in the mix, at least practice, but getting him ready for spring ball. So we're going to have some fun, fun conversations coming up. All right, and we'll do it right here on our Blue and Gold YouTube page as well as blueandgold.com. Head over to the website. Use the promo code UND1 if you are a new subscriber, and that will be just a dollar out of your pocket, and that will get you access for two months, so through mid-February. That's, I mean, that's a heck of a deal for $1. Um, Break that down in cents per day. You're getting a heck of a deal there. So a uh, good little way to check out blueandgold.com. If you enjoy these shows and the podcast, uh, blueandgold.com is like that on steroids. So check it out. Uh, signing off for Tyler Horka and Tim Hyde. I'm Mike Singer. Appreciate you all for watching. Hit that thumbs up. And as always, we will catch you next time.